Under pressure is the way a lot of us could describe our lives today. Some people have high blood pressure. Teens experience peer pressure. People in Washington understand political pressure. The new employee feels the pressure to perform. And these days, we're all experiencing financial pressure. There are pressure washers, pressure cookers, and pressure points in our body. Meteorologists talk about high and low pressure systems in the Earth's atmosphere. Are you starting to feel the pressure? Somebody wants to find character as who you are when nobody is looking. Character is also who you are when you're under pressure. Allow God to use the pressures of life to shape you into a person of character. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Can you show character under pressure? Find out next on this Tuesday edition of Something Good. Hello, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening. Well, Daniel was a man of character, and it was put to the test by the king of Babylon. Today, from Daniel chapter 2, we'll find out how he responded as Dr. Ron Jones continues his teaching series, Standing Strong. Remember, you can always find us online at somethinggoodradio.org, where you can listen to the broadcast on your schedule. Or subscribe to the podcast there or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now here's Ron with part two of his Something Good radio message, Character Under Pressure. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might. That's the second time he's used that phrase, wisdom and might. And have now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. If I were to summarize Daniel's prayer here, I'd just say, wisdom and might belong to God. They belong to Him, not to the wise guys. They didn't have any wisdom. That, that, was, a, that was a bankrupt account of wisdom. Wisdom and might belong to God. The Bible says in uh, the New Testament, that in Jesus are all the treasuries of wisdom and knowledge. Here the might of the Lord is on display when He removes kings and sets up kings. You know, when you look through the span of history and you see this king or this leader or this president or, you know, rise and fall or this civilization rise up, we think it's kind of coincidental, it's political and all that. No, the God of heaven and earth has His hand on that. He rises up some and puts down others of his own choosing. Hold your place here in Daniel chapter 2 and go with me to Acts chapter 17. And the Apostle Paul, when he is near Athens or in Athens and at a place called the Areopagus, this was an open-air marketplace. I mean, he is in Athens in the first century. 
And this is the place where, oh, the sum total of all the worldly wisdom and philosophy of man was found in the Greek culture and in Athens. And, and people loved to gather in the Areopagus and just hear new ideas. And Paul went there like a missionary. And, and he, he shared Christ with them. And in the middle of Acts chapter 17, he says this, and God has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. Let me just stop right there and put a stop to all this uh, craziness and this ethnic tension in our culture today. I don't care what the color of your skin is. Let's celebrate the diversity in our world. We all came from one blood. And that's back to Genesis, to Adam, to Eve. They are our spiritual and our physical forefathers and foremothers. God has put that together, one blood. And He has determined their pre-appointed times, speaking of nations here, God has determined the pre-appointed times of nations and the boundaries of their dwellings. Is God into boundaries and borders? You bet He is. Now, I'm not here to get political. Well, let me tell you something. When politics intersects with theology and the Word of God, the church needs to speak out. All right? It is God's plan in a fallen world to establish nations and nations with borders. If you don't have a border, you don't have a nation. And those who want to talk about a borderless world are those that will get in step and in stride at the end of the age, even during the tribulation period, when the Antichrist comes to power and establishes a one-world government. Listen, friends, part of that is in motion already. It's easier and easier for me as a student of the Scripture to see how the end of the age happens in Daniel's prophecies and in the book of Revelation when I just turn on the news because I hear, I hear the, 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 the footprints and the hoofprints of the horses, the four, four horsemen of the apocalypse that are coming. But, but God has always established nations and ethnicities he rises up these, and He puts down these. He forms a nation for a period of time with borders and with boundaries. Why does He do that? For His own divine purposes. Read on. So that they should seek the Lord in order that they might grope for Him and find Him. I don't completely understand God's eternal purposes, but somehow in the way He forms nations, raises up leaders, later puts them down, raises up civilizations with boundaries and borders, and later puts them down, it is all part of His plan that through the forming of nations and leaders and all of that, that the gospel gets to people. He knows best how to move the chess pieces so that the gospel gets to people so that they might possibly find Him, okay? So let's have good theology. Let's have a good understanding of Scripture, what God says in His Word, especially when we tune on the nightly news and we see all this craziness that is going on. Just read your Bible, and, and you'll be able to make sense of some of it. Wisdom and might belong to God was the theme of Daniel's prayer. We're just talking about character under pressure. Let's get back to our point here. Don't panic. Do what is humanly possible. Do call a prayer meeting. If you don't have 
Go to people, find some people. Find a life group. Find some, some people that you can connect with. Fourthly, and this is a simple one, do put others first. When you're under pressure, when your character is being tested, look at verse 24, therefore Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and said thus to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king the interpretation. Now, we don't need to linger long here, but I'm impressed with Daniel. Da Daniel could have been so self-serving. He could have come to Arioch and say, Arioch, I'm the guy. I've got the interpretation, all right? I'm here to save the day, to save my own hide and my three friends. But Daniel's first concern was, was for the wise men of Babylon. As corrupt and as uh, false as they were, Daniel still had concern for them. He put other people first. And that's a sign of character, is it not? He was a competent leader. Uh, he gained the favor of, you know, secular leaders in the Babylonian government as time went on. He was a man of courage, but his character, just that, the, the core of his being uh, didn't allow him to put himself first. He cared for others, and I think that's important for us to remember. Finally, do give glory to God. Once Daniel gets into the presence of the king, listen, listen to this conversation beginning in verse 25. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. And the king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, that was his Babylonian name, are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Now, let me stop right here. Again, the temptation for Daniel to say, yep, I'm your guy. Spotlight on me. Watch, watch me save the day, king. He doesn't do that. Verse 27, Daniel answered the king and said, no wise men, enchanter, magician, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this. And he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your man. What a humble response. I mean, Daniel had every opportunity to thrust himself to the center of attention, to even use the opportunity for his own selfish gain. No, he's, he's concerned about others and cares about others. And when given the opportunity, when asked the question, Daniel says, listen, there's nobody can do what you're asking to have done, king. And he takes the opportunity to point the king. You talk about speaking truth to power. Imagine yourself as Daniel in front of the king who has the power, humanly speaking, of life and death, he says to the king, but there is a God in heaven. <laughs> wow. Suppose you're in that 
business situation or some situation where everybody loses their job, you're Mr. or Mrs. Calm and collected and somebody comes up to you and asks you a question, are you ready in season and out of season to point people to your faith in Jesus Christ as to the reason for your calmness and your coolness? Because you're trusting in the God who is in control? Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If you're new to the program, we have a special gift to share with you. Simply visit somethinggoodradio.org, click the new listener button, and download a free chapter from Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. It's our way of saying welcome to the Something Good Radio family. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. And remember, when you send a special gift today, we'll say thank you with a gift of our own. The complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, Standing Strong. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now, here's Ron with the rest of today's message, Character Under Pressure. He says, as for me, this mystery has been revealed not because of any wisdom in me. Daniel kind of reminds me of a New Testament figure around the time of Christ known as John the Baptist. Remember John the Baptist? And just as Jesus was coming on the scene, uh, messianic expectations were, you know, uh, accelerating and were kind of at a fever pitch and everybody was saying, oh, the Messiah is somewhere. We know he is. We just feel it. It's been, it's been all these years. And people were coming up to John and saying, John? You know, you're, you're looking kind of Messiah like me. John, are you the Messiah? And oh, what an opportunity for John to look in the mirror and say, you know, I'm looking a little Messiah-like today, and maybe I ought to run with this, see where it takes me. And John doesn't do that. He says, I'm not your guy. And he pointed people to Jesus, and he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Oh, it, it, listen, it takes character to the core of your being to not make yourself the center of attention and to point people away, either to others or, in this case, uh, to Jesus Christ, to give glory to God, to humble yourself before Him. Daniel's an amazing guy. Uh, we're just getting started on seeing examples from his life on how to stand strong to stand strong in our faith when the heat is on and when the pressure is on. But if, if you don't mind, just, just a couple of more minutes here because in my message preparation and even when I'm talking to young preachers, I, I, I always tell myself and others to ask one more question of the text, and, and that is, how do we get from where we are in the Scripture? to the cross of Christ, and how do we get there as fast as we can? And when I asked that question of this text, um, it didn't take long before the Lord put a thought in my heart that I think models, you know, what we're talking about here with Daniel. There was a time when Jesus was under pressure, when the pressure was really on, just hours before He went to the cross. Remember, he had been with, in Jerusalem with his disciples in the upper room, 
And toward the end of uh, that time together, they leave the upper room, our best understanding is, and they begin to walk through the city of Jerusalem. They, they, they go through the Kidron Valley and up the other side toward the Mount of Olives. If you've been to Jerusalem and been to the Holy Land with us, you've got a picture in your mind of this. They're heading toward the Mount of Olives, and at the base of the Mount of Olives is a little garden called Gethsemane. And it's a garden with these trees, these olive trees, that even today when you go visit the Holy Land, these trees date back 2,000 years or more. They're beautiful, beautiful trees, and it's a beautiful garden. And we have every reason to believe that Jesus went there often to pray. But when the pressure was on, He went to Gethsemane, took His disciples there with Him, took Peter, James, and John, said, come in a little bit deeper here and pray with me. The word Gethsemane literally means oil press because the oil, the olive trees are there. And you can go to Israel today and learn how in the ancient culture they had ways of, of pressing the olives to squeeze out the oil. There was about a threefold process, and they would, they would put pressure on the olives. Well, Gethsemane is the oil press. The pressure came against Jesus, so much so that one of the gospel writers tells us that Jesus sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's literally a medical condition called hematodrosis, where the pressure and the stress is so great that the little capillaries just beneath the surface of your skin begin to break down, and it begins to mix with your sweat, and you literally sweat drops of blood. That's what was happening to Jesus in Gethsemane. The weight, the pressure of the cross, humanly speaking, was so great it was having this effect on His body. But look at what Jesus does. He doesn't panic, does He? You read the gospel accounts from the upper room through the crucifixion, there's no panic in Jesus. Uh, he calls a prayer meeting, doesn't he? <laughs> he? He brings his disciples to Gethsemane and they pray. Of course, his three prayer partners fall asleep on him, but, you know, that's the best he had at the time. And, and, he, and he, he really appealed to the Father for what was humanly possible. He said, Father, let this cup pass from me, all right? Is, is there another way we can do this? Well, the answer came back, no. He cared about others first, didn't he? He said earlier in his ministry, the Son of Man has come to serve and not to be served, and he served all the way to the cross. And in going to the cross, he gave glory to God. I mean, I just see a pattern and a picture <laughs> that lines up perfectly with Daniel. It wasn't hard for me to get from Daniel chapter 2 to the cross of Christ. And my point is simply this. It's great to learn a lesson about leadership and about character under pressure, and Daniel instructs us there, but that isn't going to help you out one bit unless you're in relationship with God through Jesus Christ, because you can't live like Daniel, I can't live like Daniel without the power of God in us, and that only happens when you're in a right relationship with God through faith in Christ. How does that happen? You get to the cross as quickly as you can. You come as a sinner who needs a Savior a Savior who died on the cross for your sins, who paid the penalty for your sins. The foolishness of the cross makes the wisdom of man look like idiocy, right? Don't, don't be one of the wise guys and the wise gals who keeps looking back 2,000 years ago at the cross of Christ and says, ah, what does that mean? It is the power of God unto salvation. 
And when you come into relationship with God through faith in Christ, He gives you the Holy Spirit. Now you have the resources, the resources within you to live like Daniel. When you're under pressure, when your character is being tested, and He'll even take the time to shape you and mold your character after the image of Christ so that when the pressure is on, like it came upon Daniel and his three friends, not just once, not just twice, but multiple times, you respond, you know, with a divine response, and you don't cave to the pressure like so many other people do. My encouragement to you is to dare to be a Daniel, but before that, to come to faith in Christ. Come to the cross of Christ, where your Savior died and shed His blood for your sin, and rose again from the dead so that sin would no longer have power over you, but that you could live a victorious life in Christ. Amen? Thanks so much for being here with us for today's teaching, Character Under Pressure. Ron, over the past couple of days, you've mentioned some practical steps we can take when we're under pressure. But let's talk about the very first one. Don't panic. Now, for many of us, panic or worry is our initial response when something trying or tragic happens. How can we become people who can stay calm under pressure? That's a great question, Brian, and believe it or not, a big part of the answer is something that many Christians already know. It's right there in Philippians 4 and verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, of course, he already knows your requests. He already knows your needs. But when you present them to him of your own free will, it shows humility and reverence. In fact, the word supplication literally means the act of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. And God blesses that, Brian. The very next verse, verse 7, says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So the prescription for peace boils down to two simple yet profound steps. Pray humbly. And while you're praying humbly, be sure to thank God genuinely for what He has already done and for what He's going to do now. So prayer and thanksgiving, working in tandem, do not merely provide a substitute for worry and anxiousness. Uh, they actually have the power to eliminate worry and anxiousness. And the peace God gives us in those times of crisis uh, doesn't make sense to our limited minds. It surpasses our understanding. But it will happen if we take those two active steps. Pray humbly and thank God genuinely. Now, you may have to pray more than once. You may, you may begin to worry all over again tomorrow morning or the next day. But the prescription for peace is found when we cast our cares upon Him. When you replace fear with faith, God replaces panic with peace every single time. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great practical advice about choosing peace over panic when we find ourselves in times of crisis. Ron, as we wrap things up here on this Wednesday edition of Something Good Radio, tell us where you're headed tomorrow as we continue your teaching series, Standing Strong. Yes, and thanks, Brian. The next message in our current series is called A Look Back at the Future. Now, much of the book of Daniel is biographical in nature. It's a look at his life and how he stood strong in a godless culture, but it's also a book of prophecy. Specifically, Daniel chapter 2 gives us a glimpse into what was happening then 
as well as a peek into what is yet to come, or to be more clear, a peek into what was next to come in relation to the time in which the prophecy was given. What was prophetic for Babylon is history for us, and it's fascinating stuff. So for the next couple of days, I'll look at the dream God gave to a king named Nebuchadnezzar, who was king of the Babylonian Empire. It was a dream that frightened him to the point that he vowed to kill his wise men if they couldn't interpret it. Enter Daniel, who not only interpreted the dream, but he also asked the king to spare the lives of his wise men. Such great character Daniel had, and he also had the gift of prophecy. And we will look at that dream and its interpretation next time as I continue my teaching series, Standing Strong. Join us then for Something Good when Ron shares his message, A Look Back at the Future. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian, God bless, and thanks for listening.